On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, former NBA stud, 2003 champion with the San Antonio Spurs, Steven Jackson is here. He's part of Showtime's All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes. He's a boxing super fan. We'll catch up with him on his thoughts on the current crop of fighters, how he got into the sport of boxing, why he loves it so much. We have a lot to break down, too. There's a lot of fights this weekend over on Showtime, over on The Zone. Uh, Jake Paul is making news. A lot to discuss, so let's do it here on Inside Boxing Live. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Kenobio. We're coming to you from our John Boy Media headquarters here in beautiful New York City, Boxing World. In a little bit of a, of a slow period after a really fun, you know, six, seven week stretch uh, from mid-April to about June. Still a lot of fights to discuss on the show today. Steven Jackson uh, joins us, uh, former NBA player, current uh, co-host of All the Smoke with Matt Barnes. Boxing mega fan. I think you're going to hear from uh, St Stephen A. Jackson and see why he loves the sport so much. A guy that's uh, understanding the media game. Never thought that Stephen Jackson would be uh, a media guy if you watched him play uh, throughout his career. But uh, he's really coming into his own. You can see him on Showtime uh, boxing pl uh, platforms. He does a lot of the weigh-in shows with, with Brian Campbell. And a guy that really respects the sport, and I think he's really important uh, for the sport of boxing. You know, you know, crossing over fans of the NBA and other sports, uh, and getting making them aware of what's going on in the world of boxing. And as for the world of boxing, uh, it, it's buzzing. Uh, I did say we have a little bit of a slow time, but it, even the slow times are fun. Just this past weekend was considered a slow weekend, and we still saw huge upsets. You know, uh, you know, uh, Jai Opatai defeating Maris Breedis, uh, handing him Maris Breedis his first loss in a very long time. That was one of the biggest wins in Australian history as a new player at, at cruiserweight. Uh, we saw Joe Joyce with a win over Christian Hammer, and that lit the Twitter world up uh, because anytime Joe – Joyce fights, no one can figure out the guy's good, if he's elite, if he can beat the top heavyweights, if he gets smoked by Deontay Wilder. So even when the weekends are slow in the boxing world, they, they, they deliver, especially outside of the ring, too. Um, just this past week, it's been official. Uh, we're going to see Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. And something that took me by surprise, too, is Alicia Bumgarner and Michaela Mayer being added to that card on September 10th, I did not expect that. I thought that Bumgarner and, and Mayer would get their own, you know, ESPN Plus or ESPN main event. But they're putting this on the same card. It's going to be in the UK from the O2 Arena on September 10th. And at first I had mixed feelings on it because I thought, you know what, with women's boxing, you really have to do this properly. And these are three of the biggest fights in women's boxing, uh, potentially in the history. I mean, it's, it, it is a short history. It's, it's uh, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, what they did, that was marketed perfectly. Uh, Calistra Shields and Savannah Marshall, huge fight with a lot of implications overseas. And Baumgartner and Meyer is a big fight as well. So you have to be strategic about how you position these fights for the better sake of, of women's boxing. So I wanted to see Bumgarner and, and Meyer have their own night. I wanted to see them get the big ESPN push because they're both very marketable. They're both very good on the mic. They do not like each other. Like legitimate hatred, Bumgarner and Meyer. They will argue about literally anything. And I also think it's going to be a really, really good fight. But the more I think about it, seeing this on the same night, uh, or afternoon here in the States, it's going to be streaming on ESPN+. ESPN Plus. 
That's a great doubleheader. This is another celebration of women's boxing. This is a big-time event. Uh, getting uh, Clarissa Shields, one of the greatest women fighters of all time, fighting Savannah Marshall, who handed Clarissa Shields the only loss of her career all the way back in the Olympic trials almost 10 years ago. Baumgartner coming off that big win over Terry Harper. And Michaela Mayer, who I think is one of the most well-rounded fighters uh, in the women ranks. Getting this on the same card and the same night, this is another huge event for women's boxing. And it's going to be an explosive night. Uh, I think Bumgarner and Meyer is going to steal the show uh, because of the stylistically. You know, uh, Meyer can throw a lot of punches. You saw that in the Hamadouche fight. She threw almost you know, 65 punches around. And with two-minute rounds, you can add on another 20, 30 punches. So she's up there, you know, throwing 90 punches around in three-minute fights. She can fight on the inside. She can fight on the outside. And Bumgarner has the game-changing power. You know, Meyer will, t will tell everyone that that's, it was a fluke. Uh, Garner's KO of Terry Harper, uh, but I think that Meyer punches hard. You know, she may not throw as much punches as as Michaela Meyer. Excuse me, Bumgarner hits hard. She may not throw as many punches as Michaela Meyer. She may not be as skilled as Meyer on the inside, uh, especially when Michaela has that Olympic pedigree. But Bumgarner has something that you just can't teach, and that's big time power. And I love that fight. And obviously, Shields and and Marshall is going to be explosive. I mean, both fighters will be going for the knockout. Uh, Marshall wants to hand another loss to Kalisha Shields. Kalisha Shields is a lightning rod. You either love her or you hate her. Huge fights, and that's going to be going down September 10th. Uh, so that was like the big news of the week, and if you've been following this Jake Paul saga, because 100% is a saga. As of today, as we record this, it looks like the fight with Tommy Fury is off. And according to Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, Haseem Rockman Jr., step on up. You are the latest uh, selection for, for Jake Paul in his fighting career. Another boxer, uh, that is Haseem Rockman Jr. He is a pro boxer. He has 13 fights. He has 12 wins. 12 of them came by KO. He suffered his first loss in his last fight against James McKenzie Morrison, who is the son of Tommy Morrison. It was a fight between legends or the sons of legends, and I watched that fight last night. Um, Haseem Rockman is limited. He's slow. He's plodding. He's selective. Uh, but he is a pro boxer. He has 12 wins, uh, 12 knockouts. He does have power. But the thing is, is he's weighed in as high as 270. His last fight uh, against uh, Morrison was at 225. Jake Paul fights at cruiserweight. So I don't think Jake Paul is going to be heading to the heavyweight ranks. So Seam uh, Rockham's going to have to cut some, some weight if he wants to get this payday. But that is the latest. I think Jake Paul said he's going to have an announcement. Maybe by the time you listen uh, to this, it will, it will be announced. But I would be shocked if it wasn't Haseem Rockman Jr. Uh, it's pretty clear that they wanted to go with a real boxer. This is the, They wanted to put those criticisms to rest. That Jake Paul has never fought a real boxer. He only fights washed-up MMA guys. Uh, Tommy Fury is technically a professional boxer, albeit not a very good one. I think Kasim Rockman's better than Tommy Fury. Uh, he checks a lot of boxes uh, for the uh, Jake Paul ha uh, hatred. <laughs> he's a pretty, I would say, good, decent uh, power, and he's a former, excuse me, and he is a pro boxer. So Jake Paul can check off uh, those boxes, and that should go down August 6th, a few blocks away here uh, at Madison uh, Square Garden. This weekend's fights, we have a good one over on Showtime. Main event, Mark Magsayo versus Ray Vargas. This is for Magsayo's featherweight strap. He's coming off of that impressive win 
over Gary Russell Jr., a win that left more questions than answers, at least for me, and I think a lot of boxing fans will, will feel the same way too. I thought Max Hart did enough to win, but he wasn't able to dominate a one-armed Gary Russell. His motor stopped halfway through the fight, Max Zai. He looked like a world beater for the first four or five rounds. And then when Russell suffered the in the arm injury, the shoulder injury, I thought Max Zai would step on the gas and maybe get him out of there. Not Definitely not make it a close fight, but that says more about Gary Russell than, than, than anything. But one stat from this fight that I think that jumps out, and it shows you maybe why Max Zai is in trouble this weekend against uh, uh, Ray Vargas is – Maxaya was only able to outland Russell 11 to 10 in the jab department, despite Gary Russell not attempting a single jab from the sixth round on. Did not throw a single jab, Gary Russell, and, and Maxaya was only able to outland him in the jab department 11 10. And who was he in the ring with this week? Five foot ten, Ray Vargas with a 70 inch wingspan, a guy that can fight from the outside, has a very good jab. You know, had good power, hasn't had a knockout since. 2016, and uh, I, I think that uh, uh, Vargas is going to win. I think Vargas will pull off the upset. I think he has more uh, championship pedigree. I think he's been through it more. Uh, I, I don't want to say that Max Sayo is a, a one-hit wonder, but I can see a little parallels to George Cambosos um, and how he beat TFGMO, had the night of his life, um, and Max Sayo doing the same when he beat uh, Gary Russell Jr. So I'm leaning for, on Ray Vargas uh, to win a decision against Mark Magsayo um, uh, this Saturday night. On their card, Brendan Figueroa, Carlos Castro. Love this fight. Um, this is the first fight for Figueroa at 126. Uh, he's coming up from 122. It's his first fight since the loss uh, to Stephen Fulton. If you've watched Brendan Figueroa fight, you know that he's an offensive beast. Throws 94 punches around. That's an absurd number. Uh, he's thrown more than 120 punches in around 13 times in his career. He's thrown a career-high 176 punches in one round. He's landed 50 or more punches in around nine times. But can he win at the elite level with just volume? I think it's clear that judges award accuracy, clean, hard punching over volume. We've seen fighters like Brandon Figueroa change up their game plan when they get a little bit older and they head into the second half of their career. Uh, you can't be in your 30s or however old Brandon Figueroa is, whatever he is, the second half of his career. He's been he's had a lot of fights and throw 90 punches around and just just go with your, just your motor in there. You have to tone it down a little bit. You have to bring the, the punch volume down and, and focus more on accuracy. If Brandon Figueroa chooses to do that, it'll be interesting to see because he does have pretty good power and it should uh, translate at 126, Carlos Castro, I think, uh, is susceptible to, to big punches. Um, he's been down before. I look to see Brandon Figueroa uh, break him down late, volume, relentlessness. Uh, I don't think he's going to give up that, that style just yet. But I do think that going up to 126, you know, being in the this part of his career, that maybe he'll put an emphasis more on the accuracy and clean, hard punching. So I like Figueroa to win uh, a stop Castro late. Frank Martin is on this card, one of the better lightweight prospects. He's facing uh, Jackson Marinez, if that name sounds familiar. It's because Marinez fought Roley Romero, and I thought he beat Roley Romero. But Frank Martin's one of the best lightweight prospects. He's trained by Derek James, uh, Errol Spence, stable mate, guys the goods uh, over on Showtime. Rashidi Ellis makes his PBC debut over on Showtime this uh, this weekend, too. I believe he's on undercard or maybe the YouTube portion. It's a great card from Showtime. like this one. 
then over on the zone, a heavyweight fight. Derek Chisora and Kubret Pulev. Eddie Hearn summarized this fight pretty well. It's a bizarre fight between two lunatics. Uh, yes, uh, it's not a fight with title implications. It's not a fight that's going to have title implications. Neither guy, either guy, is at the end of the rope. Uh, defense will not be used in this fight. Power punches will be thrown. It's actually a rematch. Uh, they fought in 2016. Pulev won. Pulev boxed in that fight. He landed 30% of his jabs in that fight. I don't think he's gonna uh, elect to box in this one. I can see this being a brawl. Chisora coming off three straight losses. He lost to Joseph Parker twice. Uh, the latter of their two fights was a thriller. Uh, he lost to Usyk. A lot of people are questioning why Derek Chisora is still fighting. He's probably fighting because he, he, he loves the sport. He's, he's a sicko. I mean, like you said, it's a bizarre fight between two lunatics. Pulev is a lunatic. He fought, he fought in that triangle thing that Triller put together. You saw what he did against Joshua when he took a punch and then put his tongue out. It, it, it should deliver um, mild entertainment. <laughs> I think the fight will catch fire at some point and, and just be a fun you know slugfest. Well, that's over on the zone. So those are your fights this weekend. A lot going on in, in uh, outside of the ring. Fights being made. Uh, next week I'll be in Los Angeles uh, for Ryan Garcia's fight. So we'll have a lot of fun content coming your way. Uh, but before we get to Steven Jackson, have you guys heard about Cushy Dreams? It's the perfect remedy. For stress, anxiety, sleeping problems, Cushy Dreams specializes in high-quality, legal cannabis. Stephen Jackson knows all about that, all the smoke. It's smokable Delta-8 THC. Uh, CBD has shown to help with anxiety, inflammation, pain relief. Without being rip-roaringly high, you can smoke a joint of this and go into work and be very productive and be very pleasant, too. Today, we have a special offer for you. Your first pre-roll is free with code BOXING. That's CBD. Or Delta 8 for free. All you have to do is pay shipping. Pre-rolled joints rolled in organic hemp paper, and they feature an even slow burn. They offer both indica and sativa strains, so you can pick the mood you want to be in. They Also, gummies are on the way. Pop a few of those in, watch the fight, have fun. So there's the offer. Go to CushyDreams.com. Use code BOXING at checkout. Get your first CBD or Delta 8 pre-roll for free. All you got to do is pay shipping. Pre-rolls are regularly $15 each. So smoke your CBD with Delta 8, promo code BOXING. Tell them the Inside Boxing Live sent you. With that, let's go to our guest this week, Stephen Jackson. Our guest this week, 14 seasons in the NBA, world champion, leading scorer in the 1996 McDonald's All-American game. One half of all the smoke on Showtime with Matt Barnes. I'm talking about Stephen Jackson. Also, big boxing fan, obviously. He's on a boxing podcast with me, Inside Boxing Live. Welcome in, Stephen. appreciate you taking some time. Oh, man. Honored to be here. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on a boxing show, uh, <laughs> something I love. So it's my first boxing show, so I'm excited. Oh, wow. I feel like uh, you're, like, slowly eating in. We see you on the Showtime digital platform, obviously, what you do with all the smoke. Uh, appearing with, with Mike Tyson on, on his show. First time on a boxing podcast. I feel like if you go on one now, they're going to ask you to do a million. So I'm glad I'm the first. I'm I'm honored. I'm honored. Um, this is a space that I'm enjoying boxing. It's something that I've been loving all my life. And I have a certain amount of respect for boxing. So uh, being on your podcast is an honor. And uh, being in this space is an honor as well. Awesome, man. When did you become a boxing fan? And what got you into the sport? What are your earliest memories of boxing? My favorite boxer is, is Prince Nassim Hamid. Uh, uh, the, the Prince is somebody who I fell in love with 
earlier, earlier as a youngster, uh, watching him come into the ring, turn his flips uh, with his leopard print shorts on. Um, and just his antics, you know what, Larry? No one can beat me, Larry. I am the best <laughs> in the world, Larry. You know, I'm going to get my Bentley and I'm going to enjoy my fights and I'm the best in the world. That's all I remember, you know? And 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 he was definitely my intro to boxing. Obviously, I love Pernell Whitaker um, and all those guys. But I think for me, what made me just fall in love with the sport was the Prince. Dude, I was at that fight. I was 10 years old when he fought Kevin Kelly, Flushing Flesh theater at msg one of the best fights of all time i mean and the story behind uh hamed and one of my one of my good friends is uh, lou debella he was making the matches for hbo at the time and he was one of the first guys to really you know do those big ring entrances you know really be a showman mm -hmm. flip over the ring being 10 years old ringside seeing that flip over that was like oh, wow that's really cool but also he can fight so he walked the walk and talked the talk but his fight with Kevin Kelly, I'm sure you've seen it. That's one of the best yes. fights. That's one of the better fights of the last like 25 years. Yeah, and just and just not only were was his antics, but his style of fighting, the way he dodged punches, the way he threw punches. Yeah, you know, just just his whole Kage style of fight, man, was 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 entertaining. And uh, you're right. Before him, I I didn't see anyone that entertaining going into the ring before him. Yeah, they would use a lot of money in the budget. HBO had a huge budget back then. It was just HBO and Showtime, and they put a lot of money into that those ring entries. It came in on a, on a carpet that one fight, and it, it, it caused like a thirty minute delay. And like Larry Merchant wasn't having it. Like Jim Lampley was like, "This is kind of like a disgrace, low key." Like they had never seen anything like it before, and now it's like the norm. Like you see fighters coming in. Look at Anthony Joshua. Look at uh, Tyson Fury's ring entries. Look at Deontay Wilder's ring entries. It's like the norm for big yes. fights now. So that's a good call having Hamed. So it's safe to say, like the '90s was your era. '90s boxing was was your era, right? Yeah, '90 was def definitely my era. I think that's when I fell in love with the sport, um, and 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 made it a point to watch it and uh, be a fan of it. Um, I think I probably, even though I played basketball, I was more of a fan of boxing because I could actually play basketball, but it, I wasn't really a fan <laughs> of basketball. I played basketball. Right. I knew I was good at it. But boxing, I, I am a diehard fan of boxing. I love that. Uh, Dame Lillard, also a uh, big diehard fan. He's been on the show before. Uh, he says he is the biggest fan, uh, boxing fan in the NBA. So maybe you're the biggest boxing fan uh, retired from, from the NBA. Say, say that. I'll, I'll give him that. And it's, it's, it's a couple of things. Dave said he's the best rapper in the NBA. <laughs> he is because he's still playing. I'm the best rapper retired. Okay. He is the biggest boxing fan playing. I'm the biggest boxing fan retired. I'll give him that. Okay, so that's good. I've had, I've had the two biggest uh, NBA players that are boxing fans ever on on the show. I mean, that's that's going that's going great for me. But and I'm actually in the space now. Yes, you are. <laughs> I mean, you're a Showtime analyst. You work with my guy Brian Campbell. You work with Raul Marquez. Shout out B Those, Campbell. Shout out Brian Campbell. He's a good friend of mine. He's been on the show a million times. Lunatic. But also, no, that guy, you put a camera in front of that guy, he can just go. I'm sure it's been a, a thrill kind of, you know, getting to know him. And I'm sure it's been a thrill for him, too, because I know he's a huge NBA guy. Yeah, I, I, I got to give him his props, man, because, you know, the weigh-ins and the pay-per-view stuff that I've been doing with him, um, he's basically been Magic Johnson, just throwing me assists, and I'm finishing him. And um, anytime you have a guy like that that's experienced, that's been in this space, welcoming a guy from another sport like he has, that's priceless to me because a lot of people don't do that. But him and him and El Diamante has, has definitely been uh, bringing me along and um, 
and definitely uh, telling me when I'm doing good and what I need to work on. And it's been a blessing because a lot of times when you come in this space, you don't have people that's in it that's willing to mentor you and uh, give you the right advice. So I got to give those two guys a shout out for sure. No, it's great to have, you know, guys like you, guys like Dame, uh, you know, speaking on the sport because boxing isn't the most uh, it's, it's I think it's on the rise. I'll always be a supporter of it, but it's not up there with the other sports. Let's be honest. It's not right. up there with the NFL, not up there with the NBA, MLB. But so we need guys like you talking about it, uh, appearing on it. You guys like Dame, you know, tweeting about it. So that's really important. But you talk about how you love boxing. And I'm always interested to, to hear from I wouldn't say you're an outsider, but you're, you're like the people that are not traditionally in the space uh, of boxing. Correct. What they think about the sport right now, where they see it heading. Uh, what do you think the health of the sport is right now in 2022? I think it's in a good, good space because you got a whole bunch of young stars that are approaching the game like a business now and, and, and not just something to make money. You know, they're, they're, they're even like perfect example. I seen Tank Davis fight when he fought Gamboa to the fight he is now. Right. Totally different. The way he prepares, um, he, he he's not in, in, in any trouble off the court. He's staying really focused and staying in the gym and around the right people. And I see a lot of the boxers that's, that's coming up, especially uh, the younger generation, um, taking it more serious and, and being more business-minded. You know, shout out to Floyd for creating that, <laughs> for creating that lane. But for me, I think it's it's going in the right direction. Long as the fighters start to fight each other, like yeah. I think I respect Canelo and I have Canelo on my on the pound for pound. Mm -hmm. But by him dodging a lot of these young fighters, I feel the same way that that Caesar Caesar Chavez and and Adela Hoya feel. He's yeah. not going to get the respect he deserves until he fights some of these young fighters, some of these young up and coming fighters, the Charlo or Benavidez. You know, no, I, honestly, me, I don't want to see a Triple G Canelo fight again. I really don't. <laughs> Because I know it's not gonna they trying they trying to build bad blood a little bit and Canelo's trying to sell it. But in my mind, if we're not gonna see anything different from the other fights, um, I would love to see Canelo fight Benavidez as a Charlo or somebody like that. That's what we want to see. And when fighters start doing things like that, like I want to see Haney fight Jeff Javante, you know, oh. all these type of fights that we wanna see, yeah. you know. Hopefully we'll see Arrow and Bud. Like all okay. these fights we want to see, and that's going to make boxing get the respect it deserves. But yeah. when you have guys dodging guys, when the fans want to see this, I think that takes away from the respect of the sport. Yeah, there's been more. I think the bigger fights are happening more than not over the last 18 months. Just this year alone, we're only six months in. There's been 17 fights uh, that were either unified or undisputed. Uh, we're seeing guys like Devin Haney take big risks. Bam Rodriguez take big risks. Uh, you know, Shakur Stevenson take really big risks, uh, you know, start their careers early. Because, you know, back in the eras of me and you growing up in the 90s, it was like, 20, 30 fights against bums, you know, be 30 and 0 before you get that title shot. But now we're seeing, <laughs> right. guys, but now we're seeing guys like Bam Rodriguez, who's 23 years old, fighting yes. uh, these legends. We've seen Shakur Stevenson at, you know, 15 and 0. Uh, Tifimo yeah. Lopez, who's pretty much started this trend in 2020 when he defeated uh, Lomachenko at 15 and 0. So do it now. Do it in your early 20s when you can make the most money. Don't wait till you're in your later 30s when the fights aren't at their at their best. But I think we're getting more and more towards that. But going back to the Canelo, uh, it's a sentiment that you share is with a lot of fans share too. It's like, oh, I want to see him fight Benavides. Uh, I want to see him fight uh, a Charlo. Uh, I necessarily don't want to see the fight with, with Golovkin. The only intriguing part about the third fight uh, with Triple G and Golovkin is that Triple G can potentially hand Canelo a second straight loss take his belts. 
that throws Canelo's whole career into a tailspin at that point. That's why I'll tune in, but you're right. But the thing, though, too, Stephen, it's like Canelo, he's, he's 31. He said he wants to fight until he's at least 38, 39, so that's two fights a year, three fights a year. He's going to have to see Benavides. He's going to have to see Charles. I think fans have to be a little patient, but it's, it's hard. I, I understand where you're coming from, from not wanting to see that fight. I'm, I'm, I'm happy they're building it up, though, because that's by Canelo saying – you know, all this stuff about he's not a, he's a bad person. He's not what people think. I, they're trying to build some bad blood for the third fight to make it entertaining. And I get that. You have to sell the fight. But if we're going to watch this third fight, let's see that bad blood in the ring. Because that that's what will make, you know, this, this fight entertaining. And like you said, a lot of people want to see Canelo get a second loss in a row. I don't because I'm a Canelo fan. And I wanted him to stay at the top and right. fight, you know, the the, the 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 younger fighters that we just talked about. Yeah, it's weird because yeah, Canelo is the is the guy. He's the cash cow. I work in the, the sport of boxing. I mean, since I make my living, I need Canelo to stay at, on the top. Like, so I, I think he'll beat Golovkin. I think he'll actually. I think he'll, he'll he'll hammer him to the body. I don't know if he's gonna be able to stop him. Golovkin's never been knocked down, let alone knocked out. Uh, I think Canelo will win. But yes, I, fights with Charlo here in the states in a vague, in Vegas on like a Cinco de Mayo weekend would be massive. Uh, Benavides, uh, I think Benavides has all the tools to really to really disrupt. Uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez, but that's one of the bigger fights th this year, too. Uh, I saw you over at the Tank fight. Tank is your guy. Uh, he's a lightning rod in the sport. Um, do you offer him any advice? You talk about how he's maturing. I agree with you. I, I would say over the last year, you were seeing a whole different guy, you know, no, no, no longer missing weight, taking it very serious, not getting into the, the, the trash talk, so to say, with Roley, just kind of laughing him off. But Tank is clearly uh, one of your favorites, right? Yeah, uh, well, I like I, I can't say I have a favorite. I like all the young fighters, you know, from Devin Haney to both the Charlos to Earl Spence uh, to Benavidez to Rio, all, all these guys that uh, that I've kind of started building relationships with. Um, all the young fighters in, intrigue me. I think um, I'm a part of that culture. So when they walk to these weigh-ins and then when they walk to, um, um, to the weigh-ins and the shows to do interviews, when they see me, I look like them. Yeah. Right? I have on the chains. I'm dressed like them. So it, it, they, they kind of gravitate me because they're not used to seeing someone from the culture there. Um, they don't look like and a lot of times I can relate to a lot of things they say. You know, they might say things from the culture with a little slang that most people might not understand. You know, I.E. Javante at the end of his show um, um, uh, with Jim Gray, you know, talking about the guns. Jim thought he was yeah. making a statement about guns, but really what I would have played off that. I'd have been like, you about to spray up the rest of the division, right? You know what I'm saying? Because I knew what he was talking about yeah, that was for me being a, a part of the culture. So, yeah, definitely unfortunate moment. Um, Jim Gray's been like a mentor to me, so I know he hate that moment and um, somebody I look up to. Um, but it's just things like that, that 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 make them gravitate to me. You know, not only am I NBA champion, I want a champion on every level I play that. So being a champion and understand what it takes to be a champion, I think we have that in common. Yeah, I, I see that, too. And I think a lot of boxing bo uh, boxers want to be ballers and a lot of ballers want to be boxers. I'm sure you've been in your fair share of street fights. You know, what's funny, too. It's like I see a lot of like these guys, uh, like comedians and stuff or actors really gravitate uh, towards boxing because they can kind of relate to the fact that it's just you up there alone. It's just you on a, on a stage if you're an actor or a comedian or in a movie. In the boxing, it's just you in the ring. You have no teammates. It's not a team sport. It's the loneliest 
sport. So I'm interested in like a basketball player like yourself. You've always been part of a team. Like you're one of the best teammates of all time. Like reading up on you, it's like no one has any bad thing to say about you when it comes to uh, being uh, a teammate. So how do you find yourself relating to a sport like boxing, which is like a one-man band? Um. Well, at the end of the day, even though you're on a team, you have to be a star in your own role. And a lot of times when you're preparing to do your job for your team, you're by yourself. And, and, and I understand how easy it is to lock in and reach a goal with four other guys with the same, the same like-minded. But in boxing, you have the same amount of guys in the same team in your corner. It's just that you performing by yourself. Yeah. So I respect that more. I respect that more. Being a part of the team is great because it says a lot about you as your character. It says a lot about you as a person. Tim Duncan calls me the ultimate teammate. Tim Duncan is one of the, is probably the best power forward to ever play. For him to give me that title, it meant the world to me because I understand how to be a star in my role, but I also understand how to put myself on the line for my teammates. And I think that's been my, my biggest asset was I was willing to fight. I was going to do anything for my teammates and also win the game. Well, a boxer, he has more on his shoulders because not only is he going to try to win the game for him and his family, but everybody in his corner, all the pressure's on him. So to be able to go out there in front of the 30,000 and to be focused, right. not get rattled when you get hit, uh, uh, getting a low blow, all the stuff that goes on between a boxing match, when people, somebody trying to take your head off, and you're still able to stay focused and remain even keel to get the job done, that is the hardest thing to do. And, yeah. and that's why I respect it. And that's why I love this sport because I understand you need a team, but also you have to be a star in your role and boxers do that to, to the highest level. Yeah. And also like, yeah, you, before you got to the NBA, you were on, you just wanted to get to the NBA. So that's a quest. Like you're on your own for that. Yes. You played overseas. Yes. You played college ball, but it's all about getting to the league. It's all about getting, you know, getting everything that comes along with it. So I think, you, could, uh, you know, NBA players or team players can, uh, relate to something like that. Going back to like Tim Duncan and it got me thinking like, like who were some of the, like when you were playing, uh, who were some players that were huge boxing fans as well that you guys have any like watch parties for some of those big pay-per-views during your playing days? Yeah. Um, Tim Duncan is a big fight fan. Tim Duncan trade trained uh, UFC. He trained martial arts. He did all that during the season and off season. He's a big fight fan. Uh, Malik Rose, when I was in San Antonio, was a big fight fan. Um, Floyd Mayweather's last nine fights, my best friend, Al Harrington, we took turns buying tickets every year for Floyd fights and taking our family. So one, he took the first fight, then I, you know, we alternated each fight. And Sam Watson, if you ever talk to Sam Watson, ask yeah. him. Because we used to call Sam <laughs> two days before the fight. And we're pulling up and Sam like, it's going to cost you a little bit, but I'm going to look out for, you know, Sam always got tickets. I don't care if the fight's over. Sam still had tickets. So, Sam, why? Awesome. We used to always call Sam two days before the fight. And the first thing he said, the cage. We had to go to those cages to get the money because we didn't have the money on them. So, we always <laughs> met Sam Watson. Um, me and Al Harrington, before, before I fought me with the last eight fights, and uh, we didn't miss any of them. But Al Harrington is probably my biggest friend that's a boxing fan. And he could throw him too. If he decided to get in the ring, it would be it would look nice. 
Well, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the latest thing, too, is celebrity boxing. It's not just like these YouTubers. We're seeing like NBA, NFL crossovers. Uh, you know, if it was Nate Robinson, uh, Deron Williams uh, took on Frank Gore. Uh, later this month, mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell is fighting Adrian Peterson. What do you Peterson. think of all that? What do you, what do you make of the – it's not longer like celebrity boxing. It's almost like athlete boxing now. Yeah, Nick Young is fighting um, – Oh, I forgot about face Swaggy, the rapper. P. Swaggy P. Swaggy P's fighting. Yeah, Swaggy P. Yeah, <laughs> and Michael Beasley, I seen him this weekend. He was, he was he just, he's been sparring with Shannon Briggs. He wants to fight Logan Paul. So I'm going to try to bring that to Steve Espinosa. I think that'll be a good draw. Michael Beasley and uh, Logan Paul will be a good fight. But um, I know some of these guys, you know, I don't know if, they, if they're doing it for money or they love the sport. Um, I know Ocho Cinco has started boxing. He really loves the sport. He takes yeah. care of his body. He was just out working with uh, Boots Ennis. Mm-hmm. He was out working with him and been in the gym him for a week and running with him. But I think it's good. I mean, if these guys feel confident enough to go out there and, um, you know, nine out of ten times, you know, you're going to have a good showing if you're not scared. And um, I commend these guys that want to get in there because boxing in the street and boxing in the ring is totally different. I'm built for boxing in the street. I don't think I'm built for boxing in the ring because of, because of the mentality you got to have. Yeah. I want, I, I'm the type of guy, I want to go to war. You're going to knock me out, I'm going to knock you out. I'm not, I'm not the tactical type of guy. So, <laughs> and I respect that. And that's what I respect about the sport. The guys that can be tactical, but also bring the power. Yeah. It'll take me a while to get there. And <laughs> that's why I won't get in the ring. Yeah, I, I won't just jump in the ring just because the opportunity is thrown my way, right? I want to respect the sport. But the guys that's doing it, I commend them. Uh, just be prepared um, and make sure you spar before you get into that ring. You know, Nate Robinson didn't spar much. No, he did he a lot like of the, bad punches. Like he was like the guinea pig. Like they threw him in there. And, like, no one knew who Jake Paul was, really. Jake Paul was on the undercard of, of Mike's fight, uh, Tyson uh, Jones. And it was just like, wait, who's Jake Paul? Boom, he's out cold. Like, Jake Paul's so much bigger than him. And he actually tweeted today, or now that the Tommy Fury fight is off, uh, you know, I commend, you know, Nate Robinson. He actually, you know, had the balls to step in the ring with me. You know, Tommy Fury's looking for a, a way out. Yeah, it, it's right. It, it, you can get exposed really fast. You become a meme very fast. Uh, you know, as Nate yeah. Robinson learned, he was a meme quick. And that sucked because he's such a great athlete and all that. It's a show. It's a, it's a whole different world out there. Right. What do you make of Jake Paul? He's a fights on the Showtime platform. Uh, looks like Kasim Rockin Jr. Talking about the 90s. Uh, he's going to be fighting Jake Paul. That's the rumor. Uh, I, I think Jake Paul's good for the sport. Uh, what are your thoughts i love it i love i love jake paul being in the sport i mean he's a guy that nobody respected uh nobody expected to have even any success in this in this space mm-hmm. but he's taking it serious he's working he's going to puerto rico and, and 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 locking in for camps for months like he's putting time into the craft he just he understands he's making the money even though he's a i like it man i think i think if he continue to work and continue to pick his fights right he'll be all right but i would i would only a person that's dying inside would say that they hate Jake Paul as in the sport. <laughs> that's go what I do said, something bro. That, but go 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 believe in yourself yeah. and go do what you believe in. Don't tell somebody that believe in themselves that they feel like I can I can go in boxing and be great that they can't do it. No, he's doing it, he believes in himself, and I commend him for it. Yeah, I say the same. There's a lot of insecure people out there, you know, they just want to hate. And you can't like you, you nailed it on the head. Like this guy is training hard. He's taking the sport serious. He's doing a lot for women's boxing. 
Uh, I'm interested in like the marketing side of it. I think a lot of fighters today can can take a page out of his book on how to build yourself up, how to build your opponent up. I think Floyd was a master of that, of, of building your opponent up. It takes two to tango. And when he chooses an opponent, and it, it's like a game, a game. thing, it, it's like a business side of things that, that interests me. And he'll be back uh, later in the month. All right, before we, get, before we say goodbye, you got to put your, your promoter hat on. What are the three... Best fights that have to be made. The three best fights that Steven Jackson wants to see made for boxing. Three fights. Earl Crawford, uh, Spence Crawford, Haney Davis, or Haney Lomachenko. Ooh. I think that might happen first. I agree. Uh, um, and for me, a must-see fight with the bad blood, Benavidez Charlo. Those are three great fights. I mean, you're I was, really doing I was there breaking them up. In Dallas Stadium, <laughs> you were in the middle of getting it to us. I was right there in the middle of it, breaking it up, and I had a conversation with uh, David Benavidez Senior mm -hmm. uh, after the fight, and that's my guy. Man, I mean, we hit it off. We had a couple of drinks. We hung out a little bit. He's a good guy. But, but they make it look like they hate each other, Charlo and Benavidez. But I see through that. They respect each other. They want to get it on. Yeah, because they feel threatened by each other. They don't do that if you're not feeling exactly. a threat. And you just you know you just be like, who are you? You're nothing. But once they they got that beef, that would be a great fight. And the winner could fight Canelo. Uh, yeah, we want to see Javante fight, man. A lot of fans want to see him against a, a, a big time opponent. You know, 27, yes. 8 years old. I think at the time is now. Like, I would love to see him in a big fight. I, I think they're running out of. I just have to at this point. I feel like it just has to be made. Would you want to see Tank? Obviously, Tank versus. Um, uh, Haney would be awesome. What about Tank versus Ryan Garcia? That, I think that might be more entertaining than Haney and Tank for yeah. some of the fact that it's bad blood there. Last fight I was there, Tank our Tank stood up on the ring before the fight. I mean, what was walking around the ring, looked at Ryan before the fight and said, you're next. After the fight, he stood up right in front of us on the ropes and told him, I'm going to knock you out next. So yep. the bad blood's been there for a while. I think for both of them, uh, I know Ryan, Ryan's trying to get a fight first, but I think Tank next fight needs to be against Garcia and then step up to, to Haney. I think that'll be a great, a, a great way to go. You know what? I also want to see this too. I also want to see Pitbull fight Rowley. Yeah. That, I think that'll that's be a good fight. That easily be made in the Showtime family. I mean, they're like Pitbull, a guy that just shows that if you lose a fight, you can still, your stock can soar. I mean, he, he took Jonathan Davis to deep waters. Uh, you know, it was a close fight. But, yeah, that would be Roley, another two guy that PBC and, and Mayweather Promotions is going to build up, too, because there's no denying that he is – he resonates with fans. I mean, I had people in, my, in this office that aren't boxing fans. They saw the buildup. They saw the knockout. They, they saw the memes after. Roley versus uh, Pitbull would be awesome. I think the whole 135. I want to see Ryan Garcia versus Tank David. I've been wanting that fight forever. Me too. It makes so much sense, David. It's like it's a huge money fight. You know, both guys uh, come forward. It's going to end in a knockout. It can bring together two different cultures. It can bring together two different fan bases. It can be a, a fight that Sports Center covers. You know, non traditional sports uh, entities would cover that fight. I mean, that has everything. Uh, right. That's the fight that they got to make next. I got to get Leonard Irby on the podcast so we can make that make that fight happen. <laughs> Steven Jackson, you're awesome, man. I, I love that you're in the space now. I love that you're, you do great stuff with All the Smoke, you and Matt Barnes. I uh, love that you're talking boxing now. I hope, hopefully see you at a, a Showtime fight coming up, man. I appreciate the coming on the show.
Yeah, make 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 sure make sure we get together, at least have a beer and uh and break bed together, man. I appreciate you having me on the show. Just promise last time. <laughs> All right, bro. Take care. I right, have a good one.